Marv, it's great to talk to you again. How you feeling in a sad day? How are things is, going? Uh, okay. Chris, uh, those are those are very memorable, I must say. But uh, you know, Willis has been sick for quite some time, and uh, you know, it's been very sad. He he was the captain, the captain, the heart and soul of uh, a tremendous team that changed uh, things in the NBA for you know probably a, a decade when they were so good. Uh, and that was such a personable group of guys, you know, led by Willis and Clyde and to Busher, uh, Barnett, uh, Monroe later on. Uh, it, it really, of course, Bill Bradley. Uh, those were great days, to, you know, to be watching Nick basketball at the Garden. All right. When he first came to the Knicks, I know he was sort of an undersized center. Marv, you probably remember pretty well out of Grambling. Give me some thoughts early in his career at the old Madison Square Garden with the lefty jump shot. Let me hear. Go ahead. Well, uh, the number one draft pick for the Knicks uh, going into that season was bad. The going into Willis's rookie season was bad news. Barnes and Willis was second round pick and was very upset. Uh, and that kind of spurred him on, really ins- inspired him. Uh, he was uh, fierce, physical on the court. He played much bigger than his size. As you mentioned his size, he was one of the smaller centers, and it was a center game at that time. You know, The pivot meant something, and that, of course, uh, Wilt was still playing. So uh, he still had, had a way of you know, taking over games. He went up against Kareem successfully on many an occasion, or Bob Lanier, guys like that. But uh, he was so well-respected around the league. Uh, he, he, I can recall at an early game, was opening night at, at the Garden against the uh, L.A. Lakers, and a fight broke out, and uh, the Lakers and the Knicks are going at each other. Willis slowly walks over. Someone holds him as someone once did in high school and he was he took a shot to the face in his days in high school so someone held him in that particular fight and he went just went wild and he i I recall he broke the jaw of john block who was a player uh for the lakers stayed in the league for a, a long time and nobody would mess with willis after that uh, and this is a very personable, you know, terrific guy. But, uh, you know, he wasn't looking for the fight. But that's that's something that kind of set the tone of who he was. And, and the trade of Bellamy, they played the same position. That seemed to make him blossom. Right. How about that in the mid-60s? Go ahead. Well, here. yeah, that was key, Chris. I, he, you know, at the time, uh, that's, that may have been one of the great trades in the history of the NBA. It was Howard Colmives and Walt Bellamy to Detroit uh, for Dave DeBuscher. They That was the missing piece. And I remember I did the game on, it was mostly radio at that time. The day after the trade was DeBuscher's first game as a Nick. In fact, it was in Detroit. And you could see the difference right away. Uh, I mean, it was such a well-coached team. Uh, Red Holzman was all about defense and see the ball. He'd say that constantly to the point where the players would make fun of him and say it to him. Uh, and it was uh, just a very smart team. Uh, you know, Bradley, DeBusher, the whole group, you know, the whole group, they really played so well together. They didn't use the bench much except the uh, Holzman philosophy of giving a foul uh, and Mike Reardon was the give a foul specialist 
because uh, the rules were different at the time. Uh, but they'd go seven deep, maybe eight sometimes. Uh, and it certainly helped them when they, you know, when Willis got hurt in the uh, championship series against the Lakers in 70, where uh, they played three, four guys at center who were undersized going against Chamberlain, guys like Stallworth and DeBusher and uh, Bill Hoskett, who was uh, a young player at Ohio State. So uh, they they were just uh, a pleasure to watch. And, and, and what that did for the NBA, because uh, when there's a, a team in New York that does well, it gets more publicity, and all of a sudden they were getting national publicity. Uh, because of the style they played, it was you know, and celebrities coming to the game all the time, which didn't happen in the past. So, they were a major factor in the success of the league at that time. Wow, fascinating! And they were very good the year before they won it. They lost to Russell's Celtics in six in Bill's last championship run. That Nick team could have won it too, right, Marv? Right, they, they definitely could have. Uh, it, uh, it, it, in fact, it was a surprise in '73 because the Celtics were still good that the Knicks knocked them off in the semifinal. And Dean Meminger had a sensational game, I recall. Uh, and uh, you know, Boston was not a wonderful place to play. You know, the, uh, Red Auerbach had all kinds of tricks. You know, he had cold water in the shower. The visiting dressing room was very, very small. It was uncomfortable. He always felt he could do little things to get away with just to, bo- you know, just to bother the visiting team. And the year before, they did lose in his six games. Um, he won the MVP. Now, I know Jerry West thinks he probably should have won because Wilk got hurt that year uh, when I think West averaged 31 a game. Was that a legit in your eyes? Did he deserve the MVP in 69-70, Marv? How about that? Oh, yeah, definitely. He did. Uh, I mean, West, you know, West was tremendous. And I mean, unfortunately uh, for Jerry, and he was such a great player, he had only that one championship. Uh, but Willis in 69-70 was, uh, yeah, definitely deserving. I don't know if he should have won the, the uh, uh, he was picked the most valuable player of the uh the playoffs too. Right. I think it should have been Clyde. In fact, Clyde had one of the great point guard playoff games in the history of the league. In Game Seven, 1970, 36 points, 19 assists, seven rebounds, which is extraordinary. That's the game that they they won in in a route. So I maybe uh, Willis got a break with that, but uh, Clyde, uh, you know, had had. The, the full series that was really terrific. But, no, I thought Willis was MVP that year. Did you know, did you think Willis would play in Game 7? I did not, no. Uh, I, 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 he, when he went down, he hurt his thigh, sat out Game 6. That was back in L.A. And uh, I was doing also the pregame show before the radio broadcast of the game, and we did it in the trainer's room, and I saw Willis get a shot. Uh, I asked him, do you think – you'll be able to play and he said yes and i didn't necessarily believe him because usually when uh players say yeah i'm gonna play you know they're just saying what you know is automatic to say you're not going to say no i can't play uh so uh it was a situation at the garden where people really thought he wasn't going to play he did not come out during the warm-ups uh the lakers and the knicks were just about set to finish and all of a sudden, there's a roar down below me, and Willis is hobbling onto the court. 
and uh, you know people are mystified and going crazy at the same time. And I happen to say, here comes Willis, and there he was. Took a couple of warm-up shots, uh, hit them both. The crowd is now cheering his warm-up shots, and uh, he plays. He starts. Uh, actually, when he came out, the Laker players stopped. I still remember the look on both Chamberlain and West's faces. I mean, they couldn't believe that he was going to play. So uh, during the game, he hits uh, a side jump shot, like a 15-footer from the right side, I remember. Then he hits another one from closer to the top of the circle. And, of course, the crowd is just berserk. Uh, played maybe 18, 20 minutes, and the Knicks surged. You know, they went on this amazing run. They were leading at halftime by a huge number, and then uh, and that was it. Willis didn't play that much, but there was, you know, it was like uh, – a game that uh, you know people won't forget, and it's you know legendary in the NBA. So they and went on six, and won the championship. Sixty-six thirty-nine at the half. Knicks are up by twenty-seven. Uh, the second championship, Marv. He was hurt a lot. That was more of a Jerry Lucas team. Tell me about that second Nick title. You mentioned Memminger, seventy-two seventy-three. How about that one? Yeah, Lucas was key. They made the deal. Uh, because uh, obviously due to the fact that Willis uh, was injured and they didn't know what his uh, situation would be, they traded Cassie Russell uh, in exchange for Lucas, who was a a long-range bomber. If if Lucas had played today, he'd be among the three-point leaders. I mean, he was hitting three-point shots. Debusha, too, would have been a tremendous three-point shooter. But uh, Lucas was also a very good passer, uh, you know, from the high post. He would he would uh, always set up teammates who were constantly cutting, you know, like guys like like Bradley or, or Clyde and Earl Monroe was with that team and fit in perfectly. There were questions as to whether he would fit in because he had Frazier and Monroe, which is a Hall of Fame to be backcourt. But at first they deferred to each other. You know, they were not used to taking – uh, their usual shots, and uh, then it, it worked out great. They really worked together extremely well. But yeah, Lucas was was a key to that. Even in you know in '73, Willis was still kind of uh, having his uh, difficulties injury wise. So uh, Lucas and John, a fellow by the name of John Janelli from the University of Pacific also uh, played very well. Uh, yeah, I mean, Eber Willis was hurt a lot. Now, he came back to coach the Knicks. You know how that works. It never works. You're a great player. You no, come back to coach work. the team. Yeah, Tell us about that. Did. Tell us about that. Go ahead. Yeah, that was, that was, you know, it was too bad. It doesn't necessarily work where a star player. Uh, it has worked from time to time, but it's it, it's usually uh, it's usually very tough. And that didn't work out. And then he ended up with the Nets for a while as general manager and, and coach. Uh, so uh, those were not good years for the Knicks when uh, uh, when Willis took over. Did they boo him, Marv? I mean, when he when he came back to coach, uh, did he get booed? If anything, they booed the team. You know, I don't think they were booing directly at Willis, but uh, you know, people, you know, they're paying money for the tickets and they have short memories, and uh, yeah, that happens. They were unhappy, so there was some booing. You know, who it's directed to? I I didn't feel it was directed to. At him, because, you know, you have to have the players also. And the team had kind of dissipated in terms of, you know, the talent they had. It wasn't the same 
situation. But we'll and a, and a, a great guy. This is, a, I mean, I knew him a little bit. This is a great guy. This is no ego. He always allowed you to ask him a tough question. Always called you by your first name if you did an interview with him. This right, is a right. hell of a, Marv, tell him what a nice guy Willis was. That's important. Oh, he here. was a wonderful guy. I mean, he, um, in fact, that whole team uh, was like that. Uh, and it was different, you know, when you do interviews in the in the dressing room. These days, it's all by, you know, since particularly since the pandemic, it's all podium. So it's very little personally. But in those days, and it was a lot of uh, newspaper and radio people, some TV, uh, in in the 70s, early 70s, when they, when they were championship caliber. But you could actually sit down and talk to them. You know, it was different. And Willis, of course, was in demand, as was Clyde, as was Monroe when he came over, uh, Bradley. They were all good. The Bush was tremendous. Uh, so, uh, and Lucas loved to talk, you know. So it was, uh, it was all, you know, uh, if you were a reporter, radio guy, TV guy, it, this, was, this was the dream team, you know. Uh, and, and as you say, Willis was just a just a wonderful guy. I remember this also is good. right after uh, they won the championship, May eighth, nineteen seventy. Uh, Red Holzman, Willis, and me signed up to do a tour of some uh, toy stores around the city and Long Island and Westchester. So we went to pick up the car, picked me up, and then read up. This is like nine in the morning, the day after the championship, and there were these huge crowds everywhere. And of course, Willis—they—they they went crazy for him. He, you know, he'd make a brief speech. Uh, Red didn't like to talk much, you know, so uh, he was also uh, particularly brief. But uh, you know, just just seeing Willis there after what he did was unbelievable. I didn't uh, you want to, you know, back, I, I compare hobbled that much either. <laughs> I look at Willis, Marv Albert on the great Willis Street who passed away today, won the two titles with the Knicks. I look at Willis a little bit like I look at Messier that looked with that, you know, when you think of Messier, he's revered and Willis is revered too. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good comparison. Yeah. Uh, Messier, from what I saw, you know, that was obviously toward the end of his career. Uh, it didn't even matter what he did, although he did obviously contribute, you know, on the ice. But he had that, just that special quality of every the respect, you know. And uh, Willis had it, you know, after he took over as the starter and it was established as to what a good player he was and who he was. You know, you'd see it on on planes. You'd see it, you know, waiting, uh, you know, waiting in the airports. I mean, just the way he was. He was just such a special guy. Sad day and a great Nick. Only Clyde no now. Well, Clyde and Bradley. Clyde's going to take this hard. You know that, Marv? Clyde's going to take this hard tomorrow night in Miami. Uh, yeah, I, talk? I, yes, he will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Clyde was always was. Uh, you know, was a guy who you'd go to for a soundbite after the game, talk to, um, and was uh, he was, you know, very cool. There's no question. So it did, did not express emotions, but yes, I think he will. There's no question. He, he loved Willis, and Willis loved him too. 
great well great to hear that voice of yours marvin i needed that story today we'll keep in touch thanks for coming on good to see you healthy. all right Appreciate chris anytime thank you you, okay. you got Bye-bye. it marvin albert on the great willis Reed.